Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. everybody and welcome to the first episode of Intermittent Fasting Stories. I am so glad that you're here today and I have got a very special guest with us and her name is Kim Smith and Kim is from Maine and she works as a medical scribe in a busy hospital and her job is following a surgeon around all day and taking notes on what is happening. So welcome Kim. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. What else would you say about your job? How would you explain it? So my job is to uh, get involved with the computer side of the record keeping so that the doctor can put all of his focus on patients. And so there's lots of buttons to click and boxes to check. And I'm there to do the computer part so that he can, can be eyes and hands on patients, which is really what those docs went to medical school to, to do. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, that's, I'm sure, something that he enjoys having right there with him. Indeed. So... 
let's get started. And I want to ask you just to start off, what brought you to intermittent fasting? How did you get started with intermittent fasting? And I already know the answer to this, people. So, <laughs> But I'm going to let Kim tell you. I tell people that I had a moment of kismet. My husband and I have both been on many diets off and on for many years, but uh, I was trying to find something new. I, I Spring of 2017, uh, May of 2017, our daughter was getting ready to graduate from high school and my weight was on its way up. It was always going in one direction or the other. And I was on Pinterest looking for something new. I thought I needed to find something that was, was just for me. And I still wish I knew who the person was that pinned it because someone had pinned the cover of Delay Don't Deny with no, I don't remember any other description, just the pin with the cover. And I remember it was like, time stood still. I said, there's something about that book and I've got to get, get me that book. So I ordered the book and joined the group and all the rest is history. Wow. That it just was meant to be that you found it that day. That's kind of so. cool. Yeah. So um, when you first read about it, did you think intermittent fasting sounded like something that you could do? Did it sound crazy like some of the things you may have tried in the past or did it make sense? I think I was ready at that point. I, it probably had been five years earlier. My husband, Ryan, had read Bert Herring's Fast Five and proposed it to me at the time. And I was completely closed off to it and said, no way, no how. I would never try that. And, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> I, had, I had done a couple, I was a couple of years into what I now refer to as kind of a long phase of doing kind of dirty fasting. And I had gotten my eating condensed down quite a bit compared to what I'd done over the long term. And so when I read Delay, Don't Deny, it, I really saw that the main thing I was going to have to tackle was um, all my creamy coffee and trying to trying to get that out of the equation. And so that was daunting, but not as daunting as it might have been if I had been still eating three meals and two snacks. I was down to about two meals at that point. And so I jumped right in. And once you, you stopped with the creamy coffee, were you also sweetening it? What were you putting in your coffee? Lots of cream and no sugar. I had gotten rid of sugar at some previous iteration of a low carb diet where I had weaned away from the sugar and that was a tough transition, but I had never tried to get, I was extra cream when I ordered my coffee somewhere out, I would always say extra cream. So I was drinking a quart of half and half by myself at our house. Ryan was drinking black coffee. He was not intermittent fasting, but he was drinking black coffee at that stage. But I always was terrified of black coffee. I said, it's going to strip out your innards. It would take pain off walls. Why would you drink that that way? <laughs> And, uh, so and somehow the cream was making it better, right? The cream was making it so much better. And yeah. uh, I was drinking a quarter, half and half by myself. So I just wow. decided to go uh, cold turkey on the uh, getting rid of the cream. And it made all the difference. How did it feel different like right away? What did you notice when you gave up that, that half and half? It seemed like within, within the first few days, I just felt clearer and less food focused during the time that, you know, I would, I would have my, my coffee and cream. And I, every time I felt hungry, which was more often than, than nowadays, I would just drink more coffee and cream. And it seemed like as soon as I went to the black coffee, I wasn't having the frequent food focused thoughts and, and, and the intensity of the hunger. And it, it just showed me that, that there really was something to it, which is why I, I got so quickly committed to that. I was going to just follow this plan as far as it would take me. Yeah, I think that's great. And we hear that from so many people that, you know, may have tried fasting before, but not following, you know, the version of clean fasting that we promote where you just have 
plain water or plain sparkling water or black coffee or plain tea. And once people make the shift to clean fasting, it's just life-changing. So I know a little something that the listeners may not know and that you have just done something new in your life. You and your husband have written a book about your intermittent fasting journey. Would you like to tell us a little bit about this? Sure, I'd love to. It's still in the phase of feeling surreal to me, but it's becoming more real day by day as we're telling more people about it and and getting ready for it to be out there for real. And we are self-publishing the book. In fact, uh, I guess it's okay to say that you have been one of the one of the folks that has given us some support in learning how that process works. And we hope that the book is going to be out later this month, maybe by the time folks hear this. <laughs> right, because we're recording this ahead of time. So this podcast will come out. Hopefully, you're listening to this on November 1st. That is the goal. And if you're listening to this on November 1st, I would say, Kim, your book is probably out, right? Our book is there. Yeah. And please go to Amazon and and look us up. The title of the book is Unbelievable Freedom. And it is about our intermittent fasting journey. But it's really about our journey with weight all the way back to uh, our young years. So. so it's a story. It's you and your husband. And you tell your story to the readers separately and then together and how your life has been changed through finding intermittent fasting. So do you want to kind of give us a little synopsis? Yeah, well, I think you just gave a good one. It's, <laughs> it starts out with, with the way that uh, Ryan dealt with weight problems really to childhood. Uh, more longer, He's been struggling with this longer than, than I have. But I have my own issues with, uh, with food and with anxiety in childhood. And then we, we kind of try to take people through what that was like for us in our teens and 20s. And then when we met at age 30 and hoped very much that issues with weight and food were behind us. And uh, we came to find out that it intensified in our in our married life that some of the similarities that we had with using food as a way of dealing with a lot of stressors meant that we gained 220 pounds wow. in, in, our, in the first decade that we were married. And reached a point, myself especially, of thinking, well, this is just what was meant to be for us, and this is our our fate or our destiny. And at the time that intermittent fasting came into my life, uh, Ryan had been working on his weight. He has a, a diabetes angle that folks who read the book will hear about the role that that really played in his life more than once in putting the scare into him to to make change. But at the time that I found intermittent fasting, he had been working on his weight, and I was stubbornly uh, resisting doing so and, and having some, I call them false fits and starts, but working on it and then falling off the wagon. And this was exactly what I needed and maybe when I needed it. I mean, that's what I tell people. You have to be ready and all of the stars have to align. If you've been, if you've faced a lot of failure with other ways of eating, you have to be ready to open yourself up to the, to the heartache of of trying again. And, and I'm so glad I did. Yeah, I, th- I think that's something that a lot of listeners will, will be able to relate to. Because I know, just like you said, you were lo- looking on Pinterest for something new. I was just talking to my husband about this the other day, the, the whole idea of walking into a bookstore. Did you ever do this? Walk into a bookstore and go over to the diet aisle and well, see well, all- Ryan, I did because he's read every diet book But I would look at the diet aisle and think, which one of these have I not read yet? What's new? And then I would pick that one up and thumb through it and be like, maybe this is the magical one. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's something about human nature that the planning for the next diet feels very good. Oh, yeah. The planning feels action-oriented. Like I'm doing something. I'm gathering my supplies and I'm making my meal plans. But it's the actual doing it that is much more more difficult and keeping it keeping it going. You know, Ryan tells people it's it's not so difficult to lose weight as it is to keep it off. There's lots of different ways to lose weight. We both acknowledge that people can have success on Weight Watchers and people are having great success with ketogenic diet, but is this going to be sustainable for them? And I guess only time will tell. Right. So I know for me, once I got into the groove of intermittent fasting and the weight really came off, I just all of a sudden knew this was it. I knew this was going to be my answer. And it sounds like you you and Ryan feel the same way. How does it feel different? Like we know it's different, you know, in our souls, like in the very core of my being, I knew it was different, even though I had gained and lost and gained and lost and gained and lost before. Like I know that y'all have, what is it about it that just makes it feel different? That's a great question. I hope that's your hardest question you have for me um, (laughs) because it's such a difficult thing to explain, but I feel now and I think we've talked about this. I feel like this is the person I was always meant to be. Physically and mentally, I just feel calm and centered and capable. And I think that there is something about the frequency with which we all eat. I mean, in the society. And my food choices weren't good when I was eating frequently either. But that kind of clouds our, even physiologically, it clouds our natural rhythms. I don't know. There's something about being in the mode of of eating and digesting all the time that gets in the way of really the way that our bodies and uh, minds are supposed to work. So it was really, I I use the language now, I feel like a person who um, woke up from a long coma, like I wasn't really fully alive before. And so I feel like a fundamentally different person. I always say I'm changed from the cellular to the spiritual and fasting is the centerpiece of it. I don't, I think only people who do it understand how spiritually freeing it is. It's really, I'm getting a little lump in my throat because it really is just such a, it is, it's, it's just a beautiful gift. And I hope people who listen to this podcast who haven't done it can hear in my voice that I have been completely transformed by this way of eating. And I really encourage, unless somebody has a medical condition that completely prevents it. And I don't know what that would be. Even go talk to your doctor and, and get, get approval. But I think everybody should just owes it to themselves to try it. You know, 30 days is my thing. Give it 30 days and you won't turn back. It really is true. If, you know, it just, it feels and it sounds like it's going to be so hard because we're so used to white knuckling it through the day with regular, you know, diets. Like if you've done diets and you're like always thinking about what's next, what am I going to eat? Why can't I eat now? And so you think this is going to be like a thousand times harder than that because you're not eating at all. And then really, it's like the complete opposite. Opposite. Mm-hmm. It's a paradox. <laughs> it is. And so people can't imagine, but then they experience it and they're like, oh, so, you know, I see now why you've named your book Unbelievable Freedom, right? Right. It's unbelievable to us that we had, that this was out there and that this, it took us uh, this long to find something so ultimately simple this intervention that didn't cost us money, that didn't have any risky side effects, that we were able to do something like this. And the other unbelievable piece is just the way people respond to our photographs and say, I can't believe 
that these people in this picture before are the same people in this picture after. I don't believe it. And I say it's unbelievable, but it's true. It is totally true because I've been watching you change over over the time that I've known you. And it's been just barely over a year, right? This is Feels like months. longer. Feels like mm-hmm. <laughs> 16 months. Yeah. But it, it, my whole life before is like the, it's almost like the sort of before IF and the after IF life for me, I mean, I still love a lot of the things that I loved before and I love my family and I live right here in this same house, but my whole way of, of being in the world is different. And so I, I, I know it's the weight is what people focus on. It's how I get people's attention. I wave my photographs around and say, look how much slimmer I am. But, but truly when people are willing to listen, I say it's, it's far more than, than the weight that's gone. So tell everybody about how your weight has changed. We'll, we'll talk about health later. Uh, I definitely want to get into that. But people are interested in the weight. They want to know, mm-hmm. like, how many sizes did you lose? How many pounds did you lose? How's your body changed physically? Sure. So I have my overall weight at this point from my heaviest. My heaviest point was in the beginning of 2015. I was around 240 pounds. I think the last time I got on the scale, and I'm due to do that because the first of the month is coming around, but I was 147 pounds. So, you know, it's 90 plus pounds down from my heaviest weight. And about 60 of those have been in these 16 months of doing IF. So I haven't lost all the weight that way. And some people really, you know, Ryan too, they want to know exactly how many pounds were from this and were from that, but about 60 pounds doing IF. And I started at a 22W. That was my dress size when I was at my heaviest. I was about a size 16W when I started IF. And I'm in a four most of the time. I'm wearing size four jeans now. I don't have your jeans on today, but I have size four jeans on. So it's been dramatic. And I only dreamed of being a size 12 that when I was a 22, I just thought being a 12 would be so special because I could go right back to the regular stores that I had missed for so long. And so this, this, I didn't expect this. And sometimes people say to me, you know, are you, are you really hung up on the sizes? I just feel like I, this is the body I was meant to have. It turns out I'm just a a tiny little bit of a thing. And I had small bones all along and I trust my body. And when and really, just like every other step of this journey, you know, you're a role model for me in that because people say, aren't you afraid you're going to waste away? And I said, you know, I, Jen is still taking good care of herself and eating plenty. And, and if I'm meant to be as small as her, then so be it. <laughs> right. Well, and for people who don't know, the people that are in our Facebook groups, some of them know the story of the genes, but... I did send Kim some of my jeans that I no longer, they were a little little bigger. I got a little smaller. And so I had some size four jeans and Kim was wearing, what were you, uh, were you wearing your eights or your sixes at that time? Somewhere in there. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I got these fours. I'm, I'm going to send them to you. <laughs> so I did send them right up there to Maine. And so I'm, I'm glad that you wear them. It, it motivated me. And that's in the book too. You know, all the little steps in my journey are in there, but you know, the little things, those little symbolic things along the way that just every step of this shrinking, I always believed that, you know, as soon as I went down a size, I started collecting things in a size down because I just knew it was coming. And I didn't know if it would take a few days, weeks or months, but I, and I say that about getting to the 100 pounds lost mark, you know, I need to lose another seven pounds. I don't care if it takes another year. I'm not in a hurry. I'm doing this forever and I'm quite content. Well, you know, you know my story. You've heard me talk about it, but 
I when I was wearing those size four, I got to goal and those size four jeans that you now own were were my gold jeans and they fit me. And I wore those jeans for a while. And then over time, you know, I gradually they they got a little big and then I was wearing the twos and then they got a little big and then I was wearing the zeros. But I got on the scale after not weighing for 16 months, yet I'd gone down two jean sizes and I only lost like two pounds <laughs> on the scale. So, you know, it's, it, we learn to not focus on the scale so much. Well, and that's part of Ryan's story that's, you know, he's got a different journey and he has not lost significant weight with IF. He's lost another, I don't know, 20 or 25 pounds or something since he's been doing it. But out of the 125, he's taken off. But what's been so dramatic is how his, and he's gotten quite into yoga, which, you know, I hope he gets to talk to you on this podcast someday and tell his own story. But well, I look forward um, to that. His body has changed so radically and his face has changed even over, you know, just a handful of pounds of scale weight over the last few months. You see the changes in the pictures and it's, it's really a fascinating process. It absolutely is because, you know, we're used to diets that we've done in the past where you, you got all of your results on the scale because, you know, we weren't necessarily losing just fat. We lost fat, we lost muscle. And so, you know, you would lose the weight, but you wouldn't necessarily look really good. You might look a little droopy or saggy. You definitely didn't look, you know, healthier and better. But with intermittent fasting, it's different because you're preferentially burning fat for fuel during the fast and you're also building the muscle. Isn't it the best thing ever? (laughs) It absolutely is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's how you can lose two gene sizes or, you know, go down and look look like a totally different person, but you haven't lost a lot of scale weight. And that's why I encourage people. I know everybody's got their own strategy with the scale and I respect what everybody does. But I tell people, if you feel like the scale is discouraging you, just do what I do and stay off it. <laughs> and people have their different ways. Some people weigh every day and take their averages and that's great. But I stayed off the scale about a month at a time throughout. And every time I got on that scale, it was down three, four, five pounds. I never had to see it bounce back up, although I'm sure it did. And it just kept me motivated. It was all about the pants for me, you know, the goal, the next size down and try those pants on. I can't zip them and I can zip them, but they're not comfortable enough to go out of the house and then bingo, next pair of pants and keep, keep going like that. Yeah. I think that's really a great way to track your progress. Use the clothes. Also photos are fabulous. Mm-hmm. You know, taking the photos along the way. I know you've been great about documenting mm-hmm. your progress with <laughs> photos because you really can just tell, you know, the scale may only show a couple of pounds down, but when you look dramatically different in a photo, you know, that's, that's the truth. And the group, you know, the, everything reinforced itself for me, my whole journey with your group and being part of your community, you know, I would make take the pictures and I would be a little, especially in the very beginning, I'd be like, do I, have I really changed? Is this really, do I really look different? And I'd put the picture up and get feedback from other people. And then that would encourage me to say, I'm going to really stick to this this week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then, you know, put the pictures up again and so much positive feedback from people. And it, it really, I got People tell me that I've inspired them there, which I love to hear, but I really got more from it than I gave by by being part of all that. That really, that's true for me too. When I I started the Facebook groups to support myself, right? And to to find a community that would be there and understanding what I was doing. And so I have gotten every bit as much back, more back, you know, in the way Mm -hmm. of support than I have given. So that's, that's how I feel about the communities. And so- I encourage everybody to find a intermittent fasting community somewhere. You know, it may not be one of my communities, but there are, there are plenty out there, and it just makes all the difference. 
Yes, I agree. I couldn't have done it without that support. I mean, I'm very blessed to have someone else in my house that lives the lifestyle right. for sure. But it, for me, the people I connected with there was very much part of my individual process. And, and you know, from my story, I tried intermittent fasting off and on from 2009 to 2014, and it never did stick. And it wasn't until really that that I started joining some Facebook support groups for intermittent fasting that, that a community, it, it was the, the one time it stuck was the time that I had more community around me. So yep. that makes a difference. Now, let's switch gears a little bit. Tell us about what a day in your life looks like. Like, how do you structure your intermittent fasting pattern? What do you do? Sure. So I, I really am very routinized around all of my self-care and I don't deviate much or switch from it much. We might have a slightly longer window on our weekends or when special things are going on, but for the most part, I do the same thing day to day. I know the, the wisdom around, oh, you're not switching it up enough and your body's going to get used to this. And I kind of keep an eye out for that, but it's working. And I am been in a many, many months of, if it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So I get up in the morning around 5 a.m. and have black coffee at 6 and go out the door and I work. Usually when I'm at the hospital, I'm there 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., which is a long day. And I just do, I might have another cup of black coffee. Sometimes I do decaf if I'm because I've got plenty of energy without more caffeine. And then I just have water all day. And I'm with coworkers that eat. We have a hospital cafeteria, so I have coworkers who eat breakfast at the office, mid-morning snack. They eat lunch. People eat around me all day. It right. doesn't bother me. Not a problem at all. I'm really freed up to take my breaks and run and check Facebook and check with my communities and do the things I want to be doing with my time and energy when there's a break to be had. I usually open my window late afternoon, three or four o'clock. I'm a big fan of eating those perfect bars everybody's heard me talk about. And so it's <laughs> usually something quick and easy like that. Package of nuts, protein bar, something that I can have at the office. I like to eat something. I don't like to open with my big meal if I don't have to. I'd rather open with something small to medium size that just kind of gets my system up and running right as my day is ending because my energy kind of drops off a little once I break my fast at three or four o'clock, but I'm leaving the office at five. I drive home. We have a big meal. Usually Ryan's home first. He often cooks. We eat our big meal. We I always tell people I eat like gin. You know, we have, we love the meal kits. We like to eat things that are heavy on vegetables, you know, meat and fish. And we do eat pasta once in a while. We eat rice, but we like to just have one big plate of food. There's just tonight, we, I made chili and it was like, oh, now we've got leftovers and do we freeze them? And we're all out of sorts when we have to figure out what to do with leftovers because it just works so nicely to have one plate of food that you enjoy and it's enough, but not too much. That really is true. You know, the leftovers, what do you do with the leftovers? Oh my goodness. And it was always a, a big ordeal of eating seconds when you didn't want them or you know, Ryan used to do a lot of them as lunch for the next day. So that would help clean them up. But now he doesn't eat lunch. So the, the meal delivery services have been a real life saver for us. And so we have our dinner and then we, we usually we often have hot beverages to close. We have decaf coffee and cream in the evening or we make golden milk, turmeric based golden milk or we drink chai. And then that's it. Windows closed and done with food. And I'm always kind of relieved to be like, OK, I ate enough and I got what I needed. And now I'm done with that for 21 hours. Phew. Fabulous. And it's just, there's that unbelievable freedom again. <laughs> title, of, title of your book. Freedom is my whole overarching theme of everything. Just, 
just build your life around what makes makes you happy and what's easy for you. And turns out a lot of the struggles that I had were of my own making. So it's it's just enjoyable to be free of that. Yeah. And people can't imagine, like you talked about, your coworkers are eating all day around you and you don't even care. And I'm the same way. Well, I'm I'm not going to work anymore. I retired from teaching, but people eat around me frequently, you know, in my in my daily life or when I when you're around people, there's there's something going on with food all the time. And people can't imagine if they haven't done intermittent fasting, how you could like be around people eating and not feel like like you're deprived. I tell people that it's like people have their ideas of people who eat three meals, they have their ideas of what goes at a certain time of day. And some people say oh, well, if you brought me a big spicy burrito at 6 a.m., I wouldn't eat that, but I would want my bacon and eggs or my granola or my cereal. Well, any food, and they say, I love that burrito, but I just don't want it at that time. And that's how I feel about people's food during my fast. I look at it and intellectually think, well, isn't that lovely? And I, I'd eat that if it was a different time, but it's it's just not right for me then. So it doesn't create that feeling of, gimme gimme or wanting to stick a fork in their plate I'm just like mm-hmm, I'm, yeah, I'm that that switch is off right now and so I'll lean right over and look at something up close and breathe it in and say good for you <laughs> yeah that looks like something I would enjoy if it were just later <laughs> exactly so is there anything that you do struggle with in your day-to-day intermittent fasting life well, you know, I just yesterday was we, we went to a charity walk yesterday morning. And one of the things they do at the charity walks is they have you come out and make a donation and walk for the cause and then they feed you. So and I had a, a group of there were 11 who came from my local IF, you know, I have a little core of folks who are local here who most of whom who live the lifestyle because they learned about it for me because that head and shoulders effect is alive and well. <laughs> When we when we finished the charity walk, they said we've got pulled pork sliders and macaroni and cheese, and it was just a mass exodus of people. And it's nice that the other eleven people that were there with us that also fast didn't even blink. It was like it's only eleven forty five a.m. Nobody's going anywhere. Um, but I said to them, the hardest food to resist is the free food. Oh yeah, it, it sure can be. <laughs> when, yeah, when it's free. Yeah, it's like, oh, should I open my window early because I'm not going to be able to have free food later? And then I say to myself, don't be scarcity mindset about this. There's plenty of food. And just because it's free doesn't mean it's something that that I need. So we didn't need it. And we we stood there enjoying the weather and continuing to to chit and chat. I love to hear about how everybody thinks about things from a slightly different angle because you said it was your scarcity mindset and the fact that it was free making you more likely to want to have it. For me, it's more the social thing. Like everyone else is eating and so should I. Some I mean I'm over that now. But that was the struggle that I had for so long. Like, you know, we'd have a teacher luncheon and everyone's eating and I just wanted to eat with them because that's what we were all doing at that moment. And that's the great thing about having other people around you literally or figuratively in the community online because you just know that someone else understands why you're doing, you know, having one other person or two other people or three other people that say, I'm going to have black coffee or tea or I'm not going to eat right now and you're not alone in it. But when you are the only one, it does feel a little, little isolating to be, to be left out of those things. But that's just part of the part of the adjustment process. and It really is. And then you you realize the thing that really made me never want to do that again is how I feel afterwards. There's regret, but no guilt around food at this point. I never feel guilty. I don't have any of that baggage anymore in terms of beating myself up about how I should have done things. 
but I occasionally have regret when I think, well, that wasn't worth breaking and you my know, fast over. I didn't mean feel emotionally. I actually meant physically. Like yeah, the way yes, I and feel, that's what I mean too. Yeah, yeah, like I don't ever feel guilt, you know. No, no and I, I think that it's important for me to clarify that because the way I said, the way I feel is what makes me not mm. want to do it. And so someone might interpret that as that I feel guilt or or regret, but it's really more of like, I just feel tired and sluggish. And I, I feel sluggish and I feel like I can't get my fasted state back until right. I get to tomorrow because I gave it up. And when you when the food is worth it, you don't feel the same. You might feel a little sluggish, but you might you it feel still it. like it was yeah sluggish worthy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. But yeah, so it's not it's not the feeling of guilt. It's the feeling of yuck. I don't like the way this feels physically. I think that and you that, feel so much more tuned into that because I realize now that when I feel a little bloated or a little uncomfortable, like this food didn't agree with me the way I think. Well, I must have felt that way every day. Yeah, and didn't even didn't even have anything to compare it to. So it's just what learning how it is to feel great, to physically feel great, that you want to feel that way all the time and don't want to even give it up for a few hours over this or that. Because, you know, for me, I feel like I spent enough of my life feeling lousy and not even having anything to to compare it to. Wow. See, that's huge right there. The whole idea that we were going through life never feeling great, but we thought we did. You know, we we thought we, we had days where we felt ill or sick or whatever and we knew those were bad, but every day we didn't feel our best, but we didn't know what, right. what the best was. And, and now- I feel like people don't know. I feel like I walk around and I'm not in judgment of anyone, but I think I look at people and I, I just think, I don't know. I feel everybody's been, been sold the wrong bill of goods by all the, all the breakfast and snack marketers and all of the everything to, to think that the key is buying more products and eating more things to try to feel great. And it's like, it's really very different than the way you're going about it. So it's kind of like, that's like why we're on this mission to help everybody understand that they can feel great and it's going to be free (laughs) and we're not going to sell you something. You're just going to do it and you're going to feel great and change your life. the, The most gratifying thing for me is the people I mean, I have no, it's not my personality to need to be right. I, I, that's not my way. I think whatever you want to do is fine by me. But I love people come to me, especially people sometimes they struggle in the second and third week. Right. And they're saying, I think I'm going to quit this. And I always say, whatever you want to do. <laughs> it's not for me. It's not for Jen. We didn't invent this. But right. we're, we're spreading what we know. But when people say, when they get to the fourth week or fifth week or sixth week, and they say, I feel amazing. And I'm so glad. It's not that I want to say, told you so. I'm just so happy that <laughs> yeah. people get there, that they on their own, in their own way and on their own terms, because it's really their, I feel like it's their birthright. I feel like it's people's birthright to feel physically great. And the fact that people don't because of, you know, these societal things, um, it's really very empowering to take that back and say, nobody who's selling anything or pushing anything or any agenda has a right to take from me that I was born to, to feel free and to feel awesome. Oh, I love that. Huh. Your birth, it's your birthright to feel awesome. I feel like we're having a total moment here where I'm like saying things and you're like, that's when Oprah gives that sigh when she's interviewing someone and she likes what they said. <laughs> well, yay. <laughs> See, this is new to me, episode one. So <laughs> I don't know how to interview people, but I'm doing my best. But you're doing I- it. Well, I'm just talking with my friend Kim, who has found found her unbelievable freedom. 
And so we've had so much communication this past year and in a few months, but but not like this. But I, Ryan said, it's, I was nervous. And he said, Oh, I was nervous easy. too. He said, it's going to be easy. Wait, you see, it'll be yeah. easy. You just be yourself and it'll be easy. That's fabulous. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. So... I want to hear you talk about your food choices. You know, I know from reading your book that I've I've read that both you and Ryan went through years of feeling like, you know, it was it was going to be just the food was the secret, right? Like if you just picked the right food, and I think a lot of us have been there. I know I went through diets like that. If you just pick the right food, it'll all be fixed. How has intermittent fasting changed your relationship with food and what you eat and your taste in food and all of that? Well, you won't be surprised when I say it's changed it completely. Right. <laughs> uh, I've gone from one, one end of a spectrum to another. And I used to actually kind of use as an excuse that well, I have a really hard time with diets and weight loss because, you know, I don't like vegetables and I'm, I'm fairly choosy and I have a fairly narrow range of things that I like. And even coming into this, I didn't expect that that would change a lot. I thought I have the few you know, whatever, healthy foods, things that I like, and I'll stick with those. And I didn't expect that I would not only come to be able to tolerate some of these, you know, stronger tasting vegetables and things, but really to prefer them. So I'm not a big fruit person. I love dried fruit. I've dried fruit in my bars and in my oatmeal, but I don't eat a lot of fresh fruit, but I eat vegetables. And I, I can say that the one thing that will leave me unsatisfied about my food day is if I didn't have enough vegetables. So that in and of itself is a 
a revelation coming from canned corn and canned peas and things that I ate growing up. I also, I've never been a huge meat eater, but I feel like I'm moving it. This is what's so interesting about this is it just evolves and evolves and evolves. Even over all of these months, I've gone to, I've become a salmon eater. I really love to eat salmon. I've gone more toward chicken and away from beef and pork. And now I just find I'm eating less and less and less meat. I just don't want it. I either don't put it on my plate or I put it on my plate and push it around with a fork. So I'm eating more beans and eating more lentils, eating more chickpeas. And so I'm not vegetarian, but I'm trending that way. Yeah. Trending that way and not by any kind of design, not by having a head thought of, oh, I'd like to be more of a plant-based person, but just my tastes are just leading me that way. I've also told you I've always eaten dairy, but I was never a milk drinker. And I sometimes just, I have milk in the house. I now buy grass-fed milk, which I used to just scoff at because I thought it was just an (laughs) excuse to make it more expensive and it really tastes better. And sometimes I just drink milk, just milk, (laughs) no chocolate milk, just milk. Um, Just have a a milk. Yeah. Maybe we make the golden milk. I eat a lot of yogurt. I never liked yogurt. Then again, it was probably Yoplait Light that was mostly chemicals and artificial sweeteners that I tried to make myself eat. You know, that however many Weight Watchers points Yoplait Light was supposed to be. But now I eat full fat yogurt, love to eat the Greek gods, honey, vanilla, and it's got a lot of sugar and sugar phobic folks say, oh, I couldn't eat all that sugar. But you know, I just have a scoop of yogurt and I feel like I can eat what I want. My window is short, my fast is long, and whatever tastes good and feels good and right to my body, I don't, I don't have hang ups about these bars have this much fat or this yogurt has this many sugar grams. It doesn't, I don't really read labels that way. I like to glance at the label, the ingredient list and make sure that the list is short because I don't want to eat Franken foods like fat free sour cream, right. things like that. So I just feel like the, everything that I wanted came out of this. I loved the idea of eating clean. Now I do. Now everything, I almost everything I eat is a whole food and not a processed food. I wanted to be intuitive about just my body telling me what I did and didn't want and what the amount should be. That came out of this too. All these other things I was trying to force and trying to do by reading books and blogs and, and just hitting a wall like, why can't I do this? All I needed to do was clean fast. Wow. And then the rest of it just snapped. It's like, why was it so hard to figure out what my body wanted? Why was it so hard to eat some of these? This, you know, I thought clean eating just seemed like this daunting thing. Like, oh, you got to eat foods that are in the form they came out of the ground. And uh, well, it's not that hard. That's what and they it's send delicious. you. <laughs> it's delicious, right? Because yes. we realize it's good. Like I was like the big processed food queen. I mean, that's what I liked. And even, you know, throughout my journey with intermittent fasting, I ate that way for the first part of it. Me too. And, in the beginning, and, I did. You know, and, and then I didn't want that anymore. And it's not because somebody told me to stop eating it. You know, every every now and then I would try something and I'd be like, this just isn't as good as it used to be. Like at one time we ordered pizza. We used to always order Papa John's. That was Papa our favorite. <laughs> uh-huh. We Like every Friday we would get it. Oh, and when my boys were little, we did this restrictive kind of thing with them because one of them had food sensitivities. But one thing they could eat was Papa John's pizza without the sauce. So I would order so much Papa John's pizza and I would pack it for them to like take for lunch. Like I would freeze it and then put it in their bag. I got a poinsettia from our local <laughs> Papa John's at Christmas. <laughs> 
<laughs> like you're our best customer. Like best for customer. real, they sent me a poinsettia and um, not anymore, but they're missing your business. They now. are, but we would eat Papa John's every Friday. That would be like the thing I would stop on the way home from work and get the pizza. And it was my favorite. And then all of a sudden one day, you know, we got one. And I was like, they have changed this I pizza. think it's because your box didn't show up. I think the plated folks or somebody let you down and you, <laughs> you had to go with Papa John's as the emergency oh, no. plan B. It, it really was. And I said, have they changed it? Does it taste different? <laughs> and my husband and my sons, they were like, no, it doesn't taste different. This is, And I'm like, okay, well, I, my tastes have changed. And it, it's not because I forced it, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's not because I was trying to, quote, be good. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I, I like pizza still, but I, I would like to make a homemade pizza instead. I agree. And that's that's really delicious. And you put what on there you want, and it's just, it's perfect. So you're really enjoying the cooking too. Enjoying the cooking. I did a lot of, spent the day in my kitchen today, baked the five-minute artisan bread I was terrified to make. And I think it came out pretty good. I'm going to give it a B, maybe a B minus, but there's room for improvement. You'll but, get better with that. Uh, I had to get past the fear. Yeah. This is for, for <laughs> listeners who don't know. If you go to jenstevens.com, I have a, a small list of favorite things. And one of the favorite things is this book. It's Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day. And it truly changed my life. For anyone who's read my second book, Feast Without Fear, I talk about you know an episode of Cooked where I watched. Did you ever watch that episode of Cooked, Kim? I didn't. Okay. Oh, you need to. Do you all have Netflix? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you've got to go to Michael Pollan's series cooked and watch the one about bread. I think that one's called air. Watch that one first. You've got to watch it tonight if you're not doing anything because the day that you made bread is is the perfect day to watch it. But it really inspired me to want to make bread because, you know, that's that's like the whole world. Like that's what they do. They, they get up in the morning and they make their bread for the day. Well, I was so, pleased with it because it was so wet and sticky that when I was putting it into the oven, I thought this isn't going to come out at all. And I, it didn't look like a perfect boule, like some of the pictures I've seen that other people have done. But I was like, you know, this is crusty on the outside, tender on the inside, had big holes. It was all airy. And I slathered it up with butter and I was proud of myself. So room for improvement, but I, it'll um, get there. You'll learn, you'll learn how to, and it's so much like every single thing, you know, I'm a fan of Mel Robbins. I, I tout, Mel Robbins work, but you know, sometimes you just have to stop being afraid of something and just do it. Absolutely. And that's what I tell people about the black coffee. You know, I'm telling you it'll change your life. So you can, you can stare at it forever or just pick it up and drink it and you'll find out it's never as scary as you think. Yeah, absolutely true. I love that. Yeah. I haven't made the big loaf yet, Kim. I only make rolls. rolls you yeah. I only have made rolls. So people are like, have you tried to make the such and such? I'm like, no. Have you tried to make? <laughs> no. I just only make rolls. Oh, well, I take that back. One time I did make pizza crust. One time. And it was Well, the perf- rolls work great. really nicely because then the two of you ha- each have a nice fresh dinner right. roll and you never have too many and they don't get stale. I think that's the way I'll do it. I, I did a modified batch to just make this one tonight to as an experiment, but I think I'm going to try to do the whole big two weeks worth of, of dough yeah. and, and definitely like use enough flour on the outside so that you can handle it. That's, I think one of the, the secrets. And I pour melted butter over the top before I bake it. Ooh. Yeah. Check <laughs> page, eight, much butter. page 88 tells you about the rolls. So check that out. This podcast is supported by FedEx. 
FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. So... I want to change gears a little bit and ask you, and I know you talk to a lot of people that are starting off with intermittent fasting. Like, how many people would you say you've inspired to start that you know of? Oh, there's got to be at least 100 people in my real life between people I know through my job and the people I, because I'm so active on Facebook, I have a lot of people that I went to high school with that live the lifestyle now. And then I've got my, my Facebook group is 2,200 people. Wow. didn't they they far from all heard about it for me at least half of them followed me over because they've heard my story in your group and they're you know they they're my people who have context because i i quote you like a mockingbird and i really (laughs) i really run my group with the same kind of rules and the same kind of you know warm and friendly culture and there's no need for anyone to get confrontational unless people won't behave and right. won't, won't stay within within the lines. And then I have to really work to get a teacher voice since I don't really have one. But really, I've been blessed to have the people who come to this, even the ones that just want to learn to some degree are open-minded folks. You know, right. they're, they're, so. they're coming to it because they, they at least believe a little that there's something to this and they, they have an interest in having a, a better life. So I feel like it's everywhere I turn, either because it's somebody that I turned on to it. It's it's rippling out like we've talked about. You know, there are people who I told about it who have told someone who have told someone, and now I'm crossing paths with four ripples out wow. from me coming back around. So I feel like it's everywhere. I'm excited. I want it to be everywhere. I think it should just be the the way that everybody lives. But that's a, a change for me because I was I'm I'm still a live and let live person, but I was always a don't tell anyone what you do. Don't be passionate about what you do as though it might be better. And now I'm like, well, I really think what I do is better. And I feel an obligation in a, not in a pushy way, right. not in, in someone's face way, but I'm not, I share without fear everywhere now. And I think it, it only, the universe continues to show me that it's the right way for me to be because so much good comes back to me. People's appreciation and gratitude and the way I see other people's lives getting better. My own mom lives this lifestyle, other people in our family. And I have no regrets about anything, but I have no regrets about the way that I've shared this. Because like I said earlier, I've gotten back far more than I've given by sharing my story. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. So what are your very best 
tips that you would share with somebody who's just starting off with intermittent fasting? Or is there anything you wish you knew at the beginning that you didn't know? Anything like that? Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm one of these, whatever somebody in the wider community might call a gin groupie or a gin gin crony, I, I say, get delay, don't deny, read it. Don't try to find a workaround. Don't try to twist and and I've I've done the other things, other diets where I had I always had had my own variation. If you're going to try to read delay, don't deny, and then come up with a dirty fasting version of it, you're not doing it. So uh, the, my best advice is read the book and get get your clean fast on. Do what you have to to get the black coffee going because it's very possible to come to love it. I didn't expect to. I was perfectly fine to just tolerate one cup and move on with my life, but I do, I enjoy it now. And I hear from many, many other people that they come right around the same way. I think that having support is the second thing that I would recommend. And it's great if it can be someone in your real life that does help, but there's so much support out there online and don't discount it because it's just a Facebook group. I mean, it really made so much difference for me. And the people who are just there reading, that's their style. That's fine. But, you know, ask a question, make a comment, connect with someone else. It really helped me a great deal. And then, you know, get the food that you're going to look forward to eating. I mean, getting the food right, that took a little tweaking in those early months. I tell people I'm not in maintenance in the sense that I still have a goal on the scale, you know, I'm not a scale focused person, but I still have a goal to take a few more pounds off. I feel like I'm not exactly where I want to be, uh-huh. but I've been in maintenance for a long time in the sense that I live this, like it's second nature. It's easy for me. I don't struggle with it. I love fasting. I love feasting. I know what I want to eat and, and where to get it and how to do it. So in many ways, I've been on autopilot in a maintenance mode for many, many months And so I always stumble over that question when someone says, are you in maintenance? Yes and no. I'm not, my journey isn't done. My, I don't think my body is totally done changing, but I'm absolutely in maintenance in the sense that I don't think there's anything to tweak. It's, it's evolving. I I think the vegetarianism is going to continue to become more of a theme, more vegetarian nights, more vegetarian meals, but I don't have, I'm, I've really hit the learning curve to the point that I, I I know that I'll just roll with those changes as they come because all the cliches are true. My, my body and I are on the same team. I'm going to do whatever's best for it because it's where I live and I love living in it. I love that. Well, on that note, I think that we are out of time. I have loved talking to you today. Yeah, it's a pleasure and I knew it would be. I, I loved it. So everybody, I want you to go to Amazon and I want you to find Kim and Ryan's book, unbelievable freedom and your story their story will inspire you the same way that it inspired me hearing all about the struggles and I think you'll really feel that it's got a common thread to any of us that have have struggled with diets so it was a pleasure Kim and I look forward to many many years of friendship to come thank you Jen do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family. 
where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.